G'day humans, what's a good word? Chris Funder here with Fruity as Alex for another edition of Wrestling All Style. This time talking something very special near and dear to Alex's heart. The WWE Championship. From the Buddy Rogers to the Bruno San Martinos to the Fruity as Alex. And they can all kiss my ass. <laughs> How you doing, mate? I'm doing wonderfully, mate. How can I top that introduction? Um, well, last last time we did a little countdown, we were discussing short-term champions. And to sort of play off of that, I've chosen for this month, and I, I thought I'd up the ante and make it a top 10 because I thought it was a pretty easy task. And to be honest, this was really easy for me, but I've got a stupid knowledge for the history of wrestling i don't know how chris went um so i've chosen top 10 wrestlers that never won the wwe championship that in your mind should have or maybe because of a push they were having probably should have yeah so to be clear we're just talking the wwe world heavyweight championship a.k.a. the championship that's been around since 1963, not counting um, whilst in the company as a world championship, the WCW title, the ECW title, the world heavyweight title, the big gold, or the universal title. Yeah. So I've got someone on my list that has held the big gold and the universal title in WWE, but hasn't held the WWE championship. Yeah, and that's that's what I was looking at too from the way you were describing it to me. I'm going, well, either I can pick half these people and others can tell me no and we'll just postpone the show by a day <laughs> or I can pick the people who have held these other four world titles in this company and go, yeah, they never got to there. So for one reason or another, and this will be fun um, because you chose, I think we're going to do back and forth instead the way we were doing it so yeah. whoever chooses goes second and whoever didn't choose goes first and we'll yep. just go like number 10 i'll read 10 you read 10 i'll read nine you read nine makes it a bit more easy to keep track of where we're going yeah definitely um so yeah top 10 this month because this was quite easy i do have the uh the tab open for a uh for a video refereeing decision should it be called upon <laughs> <laughs> but I don't I don't think we'll uh we'll need it um too much. Alex might try to challenge one or two of my decisions here on air, but uh let's get straight into it. For my number ten, I think somebody who a few years was holding the company together when the other male champion wasn't really doing a lot and when uh he was sort of running raw, uh that being Kevin Owens. Yeah, that's a really wow. That's a really good choice. I don't even have him on my honourables. Wow, didn't even think of that. Yeah, really good choice for the there was guy. A time, there was a time where they could have done it when he was on SmackDown with the WWE Championship. Yeah, for the for the um guy who was told he'll never make it there and then when he got there oh you know you'll probably only be in nxt for a little while as an enhancement and then nxt champion and then uh you know 
this will be the top for you. You won't get to WWE television and gets there as NXT champion. So, and then they just his first match on the main roster, he beat John Cena. Clean, clean as a whistle. Yeah, so it is um, someone who I think should have had it, but um, for one reason or another just hasn't had it yet. Yeah, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, go ahead, sir. Your number... Uh, number 10. Jesus, I am all well, over the today. Well, for my number 10, um, it's kind of ironic considering your number 10. Uh, your number 10 did have a universal title reign. And it was ended by my number 10, Goldberg. Yeah, yeah, good choice, mate. Yeah, in terms of star power, name power, all that sort of stuff, I'm honestly shocked that they never put that particular title on him. Would it have boiled down to when he left the company on bad terms and they're like, you'll never do this because of that? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, and this list might age poorly. Who knows? Yeah, because... I've only got a, a couple of the uh, the current crop, so to speak, on there. Yeah. Um, in my honourable mentions, I've got some current ones. Uh, this is Goldberg, weirdly enough, whilst being one of the older people on my list, is not... Um, is he is the most current wrestler on my top 10, so we should be right, but there is a possibility that it could happen. <laughs> like, yeah. Raw's, Raw's ratings are down the tank, put the belt on him. So, I'm just looking over the WWE champions at the time of, um, sort of Goldberg and, um, and uh, Kevin Owens. So, AJ Styles would have had the belt around the time of um, Kevin Owens, and then it went Cena to Bray to Auden when Goldberg had it over those three months. The, the main, universal title. The main reason I put Goldberg on this list, and it's sort of the criteria I have for this list, someone who was in a particular brand or a place at the same time as the WWE Championship or had the push and was a and capable of, you know, getting the WWE Championship. And I think going into the Royal Rumble this year, I think there, like going into it, I thought there was a 70% chance Goldberg was going to win the WWE Championship. Yeah. Um, and... and it was very shocking that Drew just beat him clean as a whistle like that. Yeah, was for me too. Um, looking up his world title reign, uh, Brock Lesnar was holding the title over on SmackDown during that time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, one of those guys you you sort of think of and go, oh yeah, that was a thing. Um, another modern guy because I've 
tried to only name a couple on here. Um, for myself, number nine, Shinsuke Nakamura. Yes, um, I've got him to talk about later, but yes, what a great choice. Yeah, so much promise, and then it just all went downhill from there, or down below the belt, should I say. And he is a perfect example of the criteria I poorly explained. They had the perfect opportunity to actually pull the trigger and do it, and that was at WrestleMania 34? 34. Uh, New Orleans, 34. Yeah, 34. Yeah. Yeah, had the the timing was right for that. Um, and here's the thing. Under WWE's own uh, recognition of their own championship, there's never been an Asian champion. Yes, Antonio Inoki did technically win and hold it for a week but he's not recognised on WWE's own history books. And yes, they did have a WWE champion that was a Samoan man pretending to be Asian. Doesn't count. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you said you got more to talk later. I'll save off a bit of the talk for now then. Um, Your number nine? My number nine. uh, Let's go a little bit into our time machine. We're not going as far back as I will take you later. But we are going back to ooh, 2007. And WrestleMania 23. No, was it 23? Yeah, it was 23. Who won the money in the bank that year, do you recall? Um, I'm just going to take a wild guess and say it was Mr. Kennedy. My number nine pick is Mr. Oh, I can't do it. Uh, Kennedy. Anderson. Kennedy. Oh. <laughs> I'm an asshole. You're an asshole. We're all assholes. Um, yeah. Um, there was, like, this dude was on fire for his, like, he debuted late 05, early 06 or something around then, um, maybe late 06. And he was just a house of fire. It was so popular. It was getting shoved down our throats in the best possible sense. Like, he was feuding with everyone. WrestleMania comes along. He wins money in the bank. They had the opportunity for him to cash in on champions on either brand. So that's why I classify him as there's a chance they could have done it because he was money in the bank. He could have gone to either brand to become champion. Um, Then the unthinkable happens. Over on SmackDown, The Undertaker gets injured. He is your world champion at the time. And Mr. Kennedy gets told, you're cashing in on The Undertaker next week. And you're going to become the world heavyweight champion. Okay. So then he cashes in. Then he has a house show. And he gets injured. And he gets told by the doctors. And the doctors tell WWE, you're out for six months. 
oh crap. So they quickly have Kennedy lose the money in the bank on Raw. And the very next night at the SmackDown taping, Edge cashes in on The Undertaker and becomes champ. <laughs> the worst part about this is the night after Edge became champion, poor old Mr. Kennedy finds out, oh, yeah, that was a misdiagnosis. You should be back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and then ultimately Edge is injured for a number of months. Yeah, but then they start doing the Mr. McMahon illegitimate stun storyline. and this That was is where... a lot of fun. Wait. <laughs> and then it, this is where it really ties into the WWE Championship. This The original plan was... For this to be Mr. Kennedy. Mr. Kennedy McMahon. Get it? Anyway. <laughs> the whole plan was he would be the illegitimate son of Vince McMahon. And then he would eventually become WWE champion on Raw. And he would be the big heel on Raw using the power and he'd slowly get Vince out of power and he'd run the whole show and then it would lead to a Triple H versus Mr. Kennedy feud at Mania. Which definitely would have happened if, you know, everything that happened in 2007 outside of the ring and the spotlight on WWE and steroids and Mr. Kennedy says, I would never do steroids, and then a week later gets publicly suspended for steroids. Yeah. And then they they just do nothing with him for the rest of his, like, WWE career. Yeah. So that's a long-winded way of me explaining Mr. Kennedy had every chance in the world to be WWE champion, and they... Could have done it, but he just kept screwing up. All yeah. luck was just against him in terms of the doctor thing. That's just horrible. Well, speaking of uh, sort of failed cash-ins of money in the bank, this sort of ties back into that for my number eight. Very somebody, good. Yeah, somebody who uh, had the opportunity to challenge the winner of money in the bank but lost and was stuck in a feud with him for months, killing his entire momentum going after a world championship. I'm talking about Cody Rhodes. Yeah, there was a point in time where he he really could have. Now, do he you remember really... the Money in the Bank year where he uh, was challenging? Yes, I do. I remember the the briefcase that looked like it was made out of delicious chocolate. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm just trying to think of what year that was now. That was uh, 2014, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it'll be 2013. Oh, I was so close. Bugger, yeah. I got one wrong. Uh, you're doing better than me, pal. Uh, yeah, so in that match was Antonio Cesaro. Oh, God. 
challenged what once in his entire career, and that was only in the past few months. Cody Rhodes, who never sort of got there. Fandango, no. Jack Swagger, I mean, at the time, former ECW champion. Was he world champion? Uh, like Big Gold? Uh, yes, Jack Swagger was, yeah. Big Gold, but not WWE. Um, Wade Barrett. And future world champion, Dean Ambrose. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, you look at this, there's only one person in this match that still wrestles in WWE. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and you got, you got Cody Rhodes, John Moxley, Jack Swagger still wrestling in AEW. Uh, Sandow wrestling in NWA. Fandango just got released. Summer Rae released a few years back. Zeb Coulter's gone. Uh, at least Wade Barrett's on commentary. And Cesaro wrestles. Yeah, but Wade was gone for a number of years too. Yeah. And he was doing commentary on the indies before he got brought back. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, to be clear, was for the World Heavyweight Championship that we had seen before where people had challenged for either the ECW or the Big Gold and then gone on to the challenging the um the main title picture. Yeah. And... Like, this could have been the stepping stone that got him there. Yeah, I think at this stage, Dusty was still alive. Yeah, Dusty passed away in, uh, I believe it was June of 2015. It was just before I picked up Cadis and we contemplated naming him Dusty. Ah, okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, at the time, late 2013, your world champion... Oh, that's right. I forgot about this. (laughs) So they had Daniel Bryan win and then get screwed over by Triple H. Yeah. Because Randy Orton cashed in his money in the bank. And then a month later, Daniel Bryan won again, but then was had to vacate it. Yeah. And then Randy Orton won in Hell in the Cell. And it's just like, if I think just because the fans willed it that much at works at Mania, you forget about the other two one-day reigns. Yeah. But if like they had a sold it off... one day. If they had a held off, um, it would have meant so much more. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, the weird part is how the, all that Daniel Bryan stuff was building to a big show baby face challenging the, for Randy Orton for the title in Survivor Series, yeah. which somehow all led to Big Show just joining the authority anyway. <sighs> um, before I move on, do you have anything else to add about Cody? Um, or later? Surprisingly, I do not have him in my honourables or in my top ten. Wow, that is yeah. shocking. Um, guy would go on to hold world titles for... Um, Ring of Honor for NWA and uh, also went over to New Japan holding the US title. Yeah. Um, 
just he's one of those guys. There's two types of indie guys. There's the guys who work their ass off to prove the WWE wrong. And there's those who charge a heap for indie dates and just go, eh, if I get some, I get some. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think in hindsight, could have been one of the biggest <laughs> biggest stars of your company. And if hindsight being 2020, say, what's that? Uh, almost 10 years ago, uh, eight years ago. So you give Cody that briefcase instead of Sandow and have Cody win that world title, then feud with Sandow for it, that yeah. makes a lot more sense coming out of there. Um, and, yeah, he does have that. He's probably more likely to stay if he thinks he can reach that level. Yeah, and here's the thing. Going as far back as 2009, 2010, 2010, 2009, you you could have put the WWE title on Cody because that should have been the culmination of legacy was either Ted DiBiase Jr. or Cody Rhodes eventually like either turning babyface or turning heel and beating Randy Orton for the WWE title when Randy Orton held it during that era. Yeah. Like, yeah, that should have been how that stable like broke up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Manu never got his comeback. Yeah. And Sim Snooker. Jeez. Um, yeah, but before we go on too long about legacy, where do you go for number eight? Ah, uh, we're gonna have to have a long old drive to uh, talk about my number eight. But we're gonna need something comfy to get us there. Let's get on this bus over here. The Lex Express. Let's talk about the total package, Lex Luger, and the WWE Championship reign that just never happened for him. Wow, I'm surprised this that he's uh this slow on your card given how big of a fan you are of his. Mate. That tells you how stacked, like, my top five could, you could just rearrange it and I'd be happy with it. Um, Lex Luger, let's talk about golf, Lexi, Lexi. Sexy Lexi. Sexy Lexi, Flexi Lexi, yeah. Uh, We literally had a SummerSlam pay-per-view end with him beating the WWE champion at the time and him celebrating with confetti in the middle of the ring. With the belt? Not with the belt because he won by count out and it made him look like a f- absolute idiot because he's celebrating with confetti because he beat Yokozuna by count out in the main event. Because at the last minute, Vince McMahon decided... I don't think Lex Luger's making that much of a difference in our house shows. Let's not pull the trigger on Lex. Let's yeah. let's wait let's wait a little bit. All right, let's wait. And Royal Rumble time comes around. And we have a draw for the winner of the Royal Rumble. 
It is Lex Luger and Bret Hart, and they both get a shot at the WWE Championship in separate matches at WrestleMania 10. And Lex loses. Bret Hart ends up winning. So this is a guy that beat the champion at the end of SummerSlam, won the Royal Rumble, had a match against the champion at WrestleMania, and still never ended up winning the WWE title. And the crazy part about this is there was uh, house shows uh, just before WrestleMania 10, and there and there was uh, photos taken, like fan photos taken of Lex Luger coming out at the house show wearing the title. And Bruce Pritchard talked about, yeah, Vince back in those days would occasionally do that just to see how the crowd would respond. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, so that there's been there's people out there that actually saw what it looks like Lex Luger as WWE champion. This dude just could not catch a break. Um, he had multiple WCW title reigns, but yeah, the total package Lex Luger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I do have him jotted down for an honourable mention, so I'll mention some more there but you have brought up a um a lot of good points yeah um so yeah uh lexi not so sexy no title belt for you uh Ah, ah. (laughs) i'm just trying to think he would have been wcw champion during the time of wcw he didn't come over with the invasion did he he was he retired by then uh, he was uh, doing independence, stuff like that. He had a tight shirt, Billy. I don't know. That was during that era. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. First reign from the Great American Bash 91 for 203 days, winning the vacated title, uh, losing it to Sting at Super Brawl 2. <laughs> uh, second reign lasting five days, Nitro 97 from Michigan. Uh, yeah. Won won it from Hulk Hogan, who was the NWO uh, leader at the time, and then lost it at Road Wild to Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I remember that episode of Nitro very very vividly. Watching that at home with my Lola, uh, mum making popcorn in the kitchen for us. <laughs> yeah, I specifically remember watching that title win. And, like, even my mum cared about it because my mum kind of had a crush on Lex Luger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Um, for my number seven, uh, this is where it starts to become a lot harder for me because the rest of my choices from here on out have um, have retired or since passed away. Yeah. Um, so... Number seven for me is somebody who I think should have done a lot more but left when the industry would, was at its peak, and that's um, Ken Shamrock. Uh, I will talk about him a bit later in my honourables. Yeah, um, so I think the style he had at the time, the fact um, Dan Severin from the... 
uh, NWA came in as NWA and UFC champion led itself to some credibility at the time. Did they ever have a match? Yeah. In yeah. in WWE, I mean. Yeah, that's how they brought Dan Severin in, was to feud with Shamrock. Yeah, so I'm surprised they never went um, fully behind um, Shamrock to... Oh, Jesus, what am I saying? Uh, to, like, put him up in that world title picture. But when you have two people who are that sort of once in a generation, but two at the same time to carry your company, it sort of becomes slim pickings even when you are hot potatoing around that title so much. Yeah, and here's the crazy thing about Shamrock. Like, in 97, he started getting really over by the time summer 97 came around. He was pretty fresh in the company. Do you remember what Brett's idea was on how to drop the title instead of the screw job? Uh, to lose it outside of Canada. Yeah, or po- and one of his options was, fine then, I don't want to lose in Montreal. I'll drop the title the next night on Raw to Shamrock if you want me to. Yep. Brett wanted to drop the title to Shamrock instead of Sean. Oh, Sean politicked. Well, Vince didn't want the title on Shamrock yet. And I, I can't blame Vince because Shamrock, like, debuted in the company at WrestleMania in 1997. So maybe Shamrock wasn't ready. But there's a possibility that Vince could have just said, oh, stuff it, yeah, all right. We'll put the belt on Shamrock and then quickly have him drop it to Sean. And yeah. yeah, it could have happened. Well, you look at some of the um, the title reigns in the following years, most of them, I mean, there's one or two there that are a week or less before 2000, but um, a lot of them are sort of a month long at least. Yeah. So despite, like, there being so much going on within the company, um, they still did a great job of protecting the world title. It wasn't hot potatoed around as much as everyone thinks for that era. No, no. Um, yeah, if you've got more to say on uh, Shamrock, we can touch on him later. Your number seven, sir. All right, let's... Um... That was pretty bad for Shamrock. Let's be fair. He should have had the title reign. That must have been some pretty bad news he heard. <laughs> when he was told Brett's not going to drop the title to him. But speaking of really forced segues and bad news, my number seven is Wade Barrett. Ooh, that's a good choice. 2010, the Nexus were on fire. It was the talk of wrestling at that time. The way they did that introductory angle... They had so many chances to put the belt on Wade Barrett. There was a match against Randy Orton. I think it was like a Hell in a Cell sort of thing. I can't remember. There was a match at Survivor Series specifically where if um, 
and John Cena was the special guest referee. That, and yeah, it should have been Wade Barrett winning at Survivor Series. The problem with the Nexus was they got over so quick, so fast, just from their introductory angle. Then their first big match at SummerSlam against Team WWE, they lose. And well, then, Wade, then Wade Barrett challenges for the WWE Championship. He loses. And he challenges again. He loses. The next month, he has a match against John Cena. He loses. And then the next night, he's kicked out of the Nexus. <laughs> and he starts the core. Anyway, oh, my God. Anyway, if they really wanted to get make sure they got over, you would have put the title on Barrett. It should have been Barrett at some point. It wouldn't have hurt. No, not at that point in time, it won't. So we're saying late, uh, late, yeah. Late, uh, what's the word? 2010. <laughs> Yeah. So it's Sheamus to Randy Orton to The Miz <laughs> who cashed in. Like, you couldn't have put on Barrett to then have Orton and Barrett in a rematch and Miz comes out on Raw to defeat him. Yeah. Easy done. Could have done it. Um, and that's what everyone thought was going to happen. I can't remember thinking that. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I don't know why they didn't do it. The guy was, yeah, as you said, so over, and they probably got blowback from um, sponsors and whatnot for the whole Daniel Bryan, uh, Justin Roberts camera shot. Yeah. Um, so Barrett probably brought some brunt of that as well. Yeah. Uh, number six, should I go to? Go for it. So you'll know the exact time period of this, and I believe... All right, uh, test me. No, no, it's not a... Oh, what's his name? Uh, Andrew Martin. Yes. <laughs> How did I not remember that? Oh, I'm doing bad today. Um, no, it is not test. It is um, around the late 90s. Good personal friend of uh, one Vince Russo is sort of up in title contention. We're talking about 99. Yeah. So (laughs) Alex, I think, has figured out who I mean, (laughs) but has he? Because I'm talking about uh, the ninth wonder of the world, China, who actually won a number one contendership match. Yeah, that was uh, 99, actually, but I was thinking of someone else. Yeah. I was was thinking of uh, someone else that I was like, oh, shit, maybe I should have put him on my list. Someone that's synonymous with your choice. Yeah. Um, now, do you remember who China won her number one contendership match against? I do not. Okay. I think it was against. I think it was against Triple H, wasn't it? And that uh, was the whole thing. Maybe. I don't know. Um. Yeah, but pretty high up, uh, known for sort of uh, like having uh, matches against the men at the time, sort of 
making her own way uh, because she was, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of this groundbreaker that they like to push all the time now um, in the the uh, Royal Rumble three times around this era. Uh, first woman to hold the IC title as well. So where is China? There. All right. Uh, yeah, so she beat... <laughs> this is insane. The Undertaker and Triple H in a triple threat match for the number one contendership. Yeah. Did you and find... There's, there's even a graphic for WWF SummerSlam 1999, China versus Stone Cold. So, 99? Yep. Uh, Triple threat match is in August of 1999. So it would have been China and Stone Cold, but that was changed from SummerSlam to Raw because SummerSlam is Austin Mankind. It is not. <laughs> Close. Well, 99, didn't you say? Yeah. So uh, what happens? Yeah. So what happens is uh, China ends up defending her number one contendership match, uh, contendership, against Mankind. Mankind wins it. And then Triple H somehow gets put into the title match as well, and it's a triple threat match, Stone Cold, Mankind, and uh, Triple H. Ah, okay then. Um, I think for where we were at the time and how WWF was, it wouldn't have been a big deal for this to have happened. Um, what about yourself? Yeah, I, I think they could have done it. I don't think they could have done it for too long. And yep. you'd want to have, like, Stone Cold far, far away from it when it happens because it doesn't really do him any favours being the toughest SOB in the WWF, like wrestling a woman. Mm, at that point stories exactly exactly and it's you just don't want him to be perceived in that light and all that sort of stuff um maybe it it couldn't have happened in that time because you kind of need a cowardly heel for it to work yeah like Jeff Jarrett was for her for the Intercontinental title, like someone like that. Like you maybe you could have done it a couple of years later when Jericho was ready. Or Eddie. Or Eddie or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, because, like, also boys are going to be boys. Like Triple H maybe would have done it, but, like, Tank is not going to going to put over China. Kane's not going to do it. The Rock probably shouldn't at that point in time. Stone Cold probably shouldn't at that point in time. Mr. McMahon? Yeah, maybe maybe Vince. Maybe DX Vince. goes and lays out uh, Vince and China gets her championship win there and then a week later when Vince is out of the hospital, he annuls it because they should have been DQ'd or something. So you have that and then he wins it back fairly with a crooked ref or something. Maybe. Maybe that's how you do it. 
I'm not but saying yeah. it's perfect, but there would have been ways to do it. Yeah. Um, that's a good choice, though. Yeah, uh, you're number six. Well, let's uh, also go to the 90s, this time 1994. It's the, it's the summer of legs getting kicked out of legs. Uh, Bret Hart becomes WWE champion at WrestleMania 10. Earlier that night, he lost in the opening match of the pay-per-view against his brother, my number six pick, Owen Hart. And they have a five-star Meltzer-rated match at SummerSlam inside a steel cage for the WWF Championship. In my opinion, Owen Hart should have won that night at SummerSlam 1994. And instead of the rushed into... Shawn Michaels Diesel thing that we got for the WWF Championship at WrestleMania 11. It should have been Brett finally beating Owen for the WWF Championship at WrestleMania 11. Owen was thrown into a tag team with Yokozuna for WrestleMania 11 and Brett had a uh, match against Bob Backlund. Uh, what match against Bob Backlund? Uh, uh match because that's how it made me feel watching it but it was a i quit submission match something like that oh no yeah what do you say yeah that one yeah it was really bad um yeah so that's what you could have done and i think they should have done that because in 90 in 94 at survivor series like after brett beats owen Brett ends up dropping the title to Bob Backlund, who drops the title a few days later to Diesel. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, I think Brett versus Owen for the title at WrestleMania and Brett finally beating Owen for the title, that would have been a much better option than Sean versus Diesel, which was something that they should have got to at some point, but it was kind of rushed into for that mania. Yeah, I agree. I can't say too much because I'll be saying more about Owen later. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Number number five, I think, will be somebody that you uh, will be able to give me a bit more context on, but we have discussed off air. Uh, Big Van Vader. Oh, my God. How did I not even put him in? On either my honourables or my top ten. Wow. That's a really good choice. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you would have uh, picked him up. Yeah, I just... It crossed... It completely... Yeah, I completely missed it. Uh, Just add him to my honourable mentions, humans, when I go over him later. Um... Yeah, it it could have happened. It almost happened. Yeah, uh, when did it almost happen? Because you'll have the date on hand. I don't have it in front of me. So uh, SummerSlam 96 was Vader versus Shawn Michaels for the WWF Championship. Um, 
And basically, you can see throughout that match that the whole story was to build up to a rematch. But throughout that match, Shawn Michaels starts getting upset. Anyways, backstage after the match, after Shawn retains, um, Shawn basically politic to get Vader out of that spot because the original plan was Shawn versus Vader at SummerSlam. Shawn wins by, like, I think it was, like, by DQ or count out or something. I can't remember the exact finish. And then at Survivor Series at the Madison Square Garden, Vader beats Sean for the title. And then at San Antonio for the Rumble, Sean finally beats Vader. One, two, three in the middle of the ring and moves on to WrestleMania. But Sean did not like how stiff Vader was. So he politicked to get him out of the match. And instead they put Sid Vicious my boy, Psycho Sid, into that Survivor Series match, and they just, yeah, put the belt on Sid instead. And you were very happy. Yeah, but the crazy thing <clears throat> is, like, the December pay-per-view that year was WWF In Your House, It's Time. That was the name of it. Named after, obviously, it's time, it's time, it's Vader time. Vader wasn't even on that show from my memory. I want to Google it. But, yeah, the whole show was meant to be Hang about on. Vader's... Got here in front of me. Like, and if he was on the show, he wasn't in a very notable, uh, notable role. Uh, what'd you say? What year? 96. In your house, 12. Oh, it's 96. Fine. Okay, hang on. I've got it up. Uh, Flash Funk versus Leaf Cassidy. Owen Hart and the British Bulldog. Fake Diesel, Fake Razor. Mark Marrow, Triple H. The Undertaker versus The Executioner. Yeah, told you it happened. Um, Psycho Sid defeats Bret Hart, and then there was a bunch of, bunch of dark matches Yep, Vader wasn't even on the pay-per-view called It's Time. Uh, but his manager was. Yeah. Uh, very, very strange times. Yeah, they should have at least renamed it to something Sid-themed. Come on. I don't know. What's Sid say? Um, master and ruler of the world. That's pretty much the only thing he says. Um, in your psycho house. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they should have just left it to its time. <laughs> uh, yeah, Vader, one of the uh, people who probably for that era could have done it and almost worked with anyone, but just didn't. Um, Imagine yeah. a WWF title feud between Mankind and Vader. Oh, would have been great. Yeah. Um, your number number five. Number five. Uh yes. Um, another person we still see on AEW television to this day, but not in a wrestling capacity. My number five is Jake the Snake Roberts. I think he is one of. 
the most memorable characters from that era in the late 80s had everything in terms of promo, uh, in-ring ability. And he never won the WWE title, let alone challenge for it, let alone have a main event feud of any significance. And most importantly, he never even held a single title in the WWF when he was one of the most over guys they had. Not a title, really. Never held a single title. Wow. That is so like, crazy to think. Not a tag, not an intercontinental, not the WWE. Yeah. And the sad thing was, after WrestleMania 8, he was meant to feud with um, Macho Man for the WWF Championship at some point. But it just never happened because Jake left to go to WCW. And also, uh, Jake Roberts was meant to feud with the Ultimate Warrior, which would lead to Jake getting a title shot in 1991. But Warrior held up the company and Vince fired Warrior. So Jake missed out on his sort of main event run with Warrior. Bugger. Yeah, so he got close. Could have happened, especially during his heel run. Could have happened. Uh, but, yeah, just missed out. Oh, uh, well, that's a that's a bit of a shame. Um, I'll touch on him more because I do have him jot down as an honourable mention. So, now that we're in uh, the top five, I think you said this as well. It could sort of go any way from here for me. Yeah, uh, like Jake could have been my number one, and I thought about putting Jake at number one. Yeah. Uh, for me, number four, somebody who surprisingly came out of retirement recently, uh, Christian. Oh, that's a good choice. Wow. Wow. I've got 20 names written in front of me, and that's not one of them. <laughs> yeah, a few few uh, surprises for you. But yeah. Christian, I think they had the program at least built in going into the world title. Um, there, so was a, there was a time in 2005 where he was feuding for the WWE Championship, and they could have pulled the trigger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, now, at the time, Edge would have been out of the world title picture when ECW closed down. And um, so Swagger would have still had the uh, Money in the Bank contract. Jericho was your world champion on SmackDown. Christian should have held on to that ECW title and then said, next week I'm coming to SmackDown to see you, Chris Jericho. as like world champion. Unify those two titles at the next pay-per-view is either just before or just after Elimination Chamber. So do that on the next SmackDown if it's just after Chamber. Yeah, but that's the world title. Yeah, and then you slowly... So then he does have that and he can build up to uh, Edge and maybe the WWE Championship because those two guys never really had a big match for that 
world title or WWE title, to my recollection. They never really had that match at all. Really. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's weird because they did that with the Hardys. They've like done the, that with they so it, many teams. They did it during the invasion with Christian and Edge, but that's like a whole different Christian and Edge. We never got to see Captain Charisma against the Rated R Superstar. Yeah, it was um, puffy shirt uh, <laughs> Christian against sort of hardy shirt Edge. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, 2001, King of the Ring, Edge, like the King of the Ring winner. He just unified the US title with the IC title. Yeah, he feuded with Christian, who just joined the alliance. Yeah, no one remembers. Nah, not really. Uh, like, he had the awesome theme song at that time, though. Christian! Christian! At last, you're on your own! Oh, everyone's glasses break. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well done, sir. But I think he could have been somebody to position as a world champion. And instead yeah. you went with Ezekiel Jackson and did nothing. Yeah. So I think they could have done that as a money in the bank contract. If not moving him to raw, move him to SmackDown at least and make him a credible threat as, as this final champion saying, I cleaned out the entire division. They had to close down the company on me. What are you going to do to stop me? Yeah. Oh, man. What could have been? Your number four, kind sir. My number four. Yeah, we... Yeah, so I'm pretty much done with the modern guys. It is all uh, early 90s, mid-90s, late 80s from now on for me in terms of my top four. Uh, we are going to ooh, roughly mid-90s, and we're talking about the bad guy. Lisa Ramon. Uh, yeah, Razor Ramon. Um, he had a couple of shots at the WWE Championship in his time. Uh, had some lengthy runs with the IC title. And quite frankly, could have been a top contender for the WWE Championship. Um, especially like as Diesel and Sean started to ascend to main event status, like, built off of the WrestleMania 10 ladder match, it's an easy story to tell of Razor Ramon challenging Sean for the WWE Championship after that WrestleMania 10 ladder match. Yeah. And after Sean finally wins the title, I think they, they could have, like, just before Razor left... They could have had a bit of a heel Razor versus Babyface Sean title run, like title feud. Maybe they'd but, already promised him that so many times and it never happened, and they promised him again, and they he just said, "No, I'm done." Yeah, well, uh, as he said in interviews, uh, WCW put way too many commas in his uh, paycheck for him to not leave the WWF. They put way too many commas in there, way too many digits. Mm. And he knew that there was going to be a lot of workload. But I think 
if Razor stuck around, it probably would have happened. Um, I think it's such a crying shame he barely got any chances at the title. Like he had a title match against Bret Hart at Royal Rumble '93. I think that's his only pay per view challenge for the WWE Championship. And they could have pulled the trigger on him in 1993 at the Rumble. They could have. Like, Brett was still, like, not established as a main event guy. Razor was really new in the company. It would have given Razor a shot in the arm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I suppose he's somebody I didn't think of because I associate him with that IC title so much. Yeah. And then by the time... He sort of moved beyond that. He was gone for the uh, the competition. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's why I sort of consider Razor Ramon like it was possible to put the title on him because especially in that era, the IC title was your stepping stone to the WWE Championship. And, like, he just never got the chance to take that stepping stone. Yeah, true. True, true. Um, So, should we go to honourable mentions here before the top three? Yeah, let's do it. Um, Yeah, you start, mate. Okay. So, uh, I just have a few listed down here. Jake the Snake Roberts, again, all the reasons you said... um, just shocking in general. The guy never held a singles title to begin with. You could have at least put the IC title on him at some point. Yeah. Um. Roddy Piper. Same thing. Uh, he had one IC title reign, but that's about it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he had an awesome match at WrestleMania 8 against Bret Hart for the IC title. That's right. Yeah. I sort of forget about that because that's sort of later in his career. Yeah, that's like post-they-live Roddy Piper. So he's like kind of already had his main run in wrestling. He's just sort of coming in here and there and having a match here and there. Um, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hanning. That's a good one. I'll keep my mouth shut. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'll touch on it more than when you talk on it because this is just honourable mentions. Uh, Lex Luger, again, a lot of the points you brought up before, guy who should have had that chance and then they waited, they waited, they waited, they tried out a house show, they waited some more, and by then the wheels had fallen off the Lex Express. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to go all the way, you can't just half-ass, like, pushing two wrestlers at once. You've got a whole ass pushing just one. And yeah. that's how it was. They were like, well, do we push Brett or do we push Luger? Do we push Brett? Do we push Luger? Just don't think about the other one. Just push one. Pick one and get in the car. Hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fair enough. Uh, my final honourable mention here is because otherwise I could have been here all night. Um, I will say, looking over this list of mine with three to go, there is no one from ECW 
sort of to me the only one who transitioned well was uh taz who i do just want to touch on as an honorable mention but by the time he did leave ecw after doing that favor with the ecw championship while under contract he had sort of broken down and he wasn't the same he was in ecw yeah exactly i think a lot of fans seem to forget that he, he physically broke down. It wasn't just a lack of push from the company. Yeah, and uh, that's just an on-the-spot honourable mention. My fifth one I have listed here is Jeff Jarrett. What can I say, but ain't he great? Damn right. Um, yeah, I think had he stayed, had he not pissed off Vince with the whole... Uh, contract situation with the IC title. He could have worked his way up there, especially late 90s and where he was featured on WWF TV with the IC title. I don't think he might have got it, but he would have at least challenged. And it's one of those what ifs because he did hold it, hold it, hold, sorry, the WCW, the. And these ones are sort of questionable because he was in charge of these promotions, the yeah. WWA the uh, NWA championship under TNA, which controlled it at the time, the TNA championship and possibly the GFW championship. No, he didn't get that one. That, uh-huh. was, all, that was all Magnus, baby. Oh. The <laughs> national treasure. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, your honourable mentions, kind sir. All right. Um, Ken Shamrock. Shinsuke Nakamura, don't really need to touch on those. Uh, you said exactly my thoughts on those ones. Uh, quickly, Rusev. There was a chance where they could have done it, and Rusev Dave was as hot as anything in the WWE. It was very possible they could have pulled the trigger. I'd argue they should have done it earlier. If they had have let him beat Cena when he had a tank at freaking WrestleMania, that would yeah. have killed this guy Stone Cold dead, and not in a good way Stone Cold, as in yeah. he has nothing going for him, Cold. I am in two minds about that, because yes, that was bad for Rusev, but Cena winning the US title led to so many great matches that year. Did it lead I... to Owens later in that year? Yeah, it led to that. There was the Sami Zayn match. There was where he threw out his shoulder, making his yeah. entrance. Yeah, there was like this random episode of Raw where Zack Ryder hit a four fifty splash on John Cena. Yeah, uh, like he he was just having banger matches every week with that US title with just anyone. Like Cesaro had a few. Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, he kind of won it, but kind of didn't. Ted DiBiase, not officially rec- recognized as a former WWE champion, so... Hang on. Because <laughs> he held it for a week. He held it longer than Andre. No, he didn't. Yeah, unofficially. Oh, yeah. Like, he physically had it, yeah. 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 Um, damn you, Jack Tunney. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, again, with the Inoki reign, a very similar grey area there. 
Um, yeah, but the Inoki thing was all political. This thing was all storyline. I get it. And this is where the million dollar championship comes from. Yeah. And so it led to something that, well, well, uh, how many titles from back then still exist today? Technically, the WWE tag team titles with that particular lineage don't exist anymore. No. Uh, you got the Intercontinental title, the WWE title, and the million dollar title still floating around to this day. True. <laughs> Outside of the the uh, old Japan and New Japan don't date back that far. Uh, the uh, championships might, because these ones. I wasn't really talking about Japan. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the only other one that comes to mind is the NWA championships, which have sort of yeah. start stopped. A yeah, of times exactly. And, questionable reigns and this is where this world title splinters off from to begin with yeah um Uh, quickly moving on um in the mid 80s there was a really hot feud with the new wwf champion hulk hogan and his former best friend who turned heel and aligned with the dastardly classy freddie blassie and then eventually bobby heenan I'm talking about Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. They sold out O'Shea Stadium in Canada several times, main eventing. They could have pulled the trigger on it. But I figured no one would pick that one. So. That's a good pick because he is uh, quite prominently featured around the time of WrestleMania 1 and um, on uh, a few WCWs of the early 90s. Exactly. Uh, oh, sorry. Henry, other honourable mentions there. Yeah, uh, quickly just go through a couple here. Tito Santana, uh, huge IC champion in the early 80s. There was a chance he could have moved up to the main event scene, but it just never happened. Um, British Bulldog, (laughs) definitely got a good shove. Main eventing SummerSlam 92. They could have pulled the trigger on that. Yeah, agreed. Did he ever challenge Brett for the world title? Yeah, they had, they had quite a few uh, title matches in the mid-90s, which were really great every time, actually. That's a possible watch-along. Yeah. Um, Ricky Steamboat. If Hulk Hogan wasn't, wasn't world champion, it would have been Ricky, in my opinion. Like, yeah, the only rate. The only reason he wasn't WWF champion was because they already had a babyface champion. And the times he was in the WWF, Hulk Hogan was the champ, and he wasn't dropping it anytime soon. That Um, doesn't work for me, brother. No. Dusty Rhodes. I mean, if Ric Flair can jump ship to WWF and immediately win the title, why couldn't Dusty? Because polka dots? Exactly. And final one, there was a point in time in 2008 where this man became general manager and then became king of the ring. And all the online dirt sheets were talking about, yeah, there's a possibility this guy's going to win the WWE title. William Regal. But then he got suspended for noughties and it just never happened. Got suspended in the noughties 
for the naughties. Yeah, for doing some naughty things. Um, yeah, so that's my honourable mentions. Did Regal ever challenge anyone in a I'm like sure. a world title match? I'm sure he did. Okay, because I'm just trying to think, and that is I, in my I can dark I can spot. picture the Rock versus Regal in my head for some reason okay. from like during Rock's title. One of Rock's title reigns. I can picture it. Like, so, on a random TV. Like, not a pay-per-view or anything. Yeah, and from the list so far, the only one of us who's uh, chosen... We haven't really chosen anyone who has been world champion, so we're doing good so far. Yeah. Uh, All right. Should we get to number three? Yeah, I think I'm going to need your help on this one. All right. Uh, sort of top guy, late 2000s, held numerous world titles. Uh, but then a change happens and he loses his title and he's sort of not positioned back there for a number of years. Uh, Booker T. Yeah, he never won the WWE Championship. Yeah, um, comes in as WCW champion and within a week has lost it. Uh, sorry, not within a week. Uh, so when did he first appear on um, WWF? Uh, King of the Ring 2001. I think that's June. Okay, so roughly within a July. month. Yeah, July. Uh Give me a second. I'll pull up the exact date here because July 24th on a SmackDown, he loses it uh, to uh, Kurt Angle in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I I get that decision somewhat, but yeah, it is kind of weird. And that's after the Invasion pay-per-view. Yeah. Ah, it is just... Uh, Uh, Invasion was July, King of the Ring was June. King of the Rings, June. Yeah. Invasions, July. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, it's just... Uh, yeah, because Booker T's in that um, coalition match. Oh, man. Um, somebody who had the potential to do great things and if you wanted to save WCW as a brand and do things, you should have done better. Like... The Invasion's another discussion for just a fallout down under on its own, like a three-part series. That's a good idea, actually. Shut it down. Rebooking the Invasion. A a collaborative effort. (laughs) Let's just play the uh, Cornette tape. Oh, Oh, wait, you can't see my face. (laughs) Cornette face. Yeah. Now, yeah, he he loses it to Kurt and then a week later gets it back on Raw but then loses it by mid-August to The Rock and doesn't hold the WCW title again. Yeah. He's the only WCW guy, like, proper guy to hold the title in WWF and then uh, when they reintroduce the big gold, it's not until... 2002. Uh, 2000 and... Booker held, held a reign with Big Gold, didn't he? 
Again, 2006, he wins it at the Great American Bash from Rey Mysterio. Oh, it's King Booker. That's why I can't see it. Yeah. King Booker, 2006, holds it for 126 days. That's his last world title run, isn't it? Yeah. That was a great title run, but they could have pulled the trigger on... Like, he jumps over to Raw the next year. Like, it could have happened. Yeah, I think... Yeah, saying politely the invasion was completely mishandled. Um, Booker T should have been somebody that they could have, at that time, done a lot with. And they took it took him four years to get back to world title pitcher after being the world champion of that company coming across. Yeah. Just a disgrace. Um, your number three? Um, my number three is someone you've already mentioned. Mr. Perfect. Uh, I think if he was a little bit bigger or came along maybe 10 years later, he would have been a multiple-time world champion just because of his in-ring work and his promos alone. But he might have been a bit short during that era and Hulk Hogan was champion. Yeah. Yeah. it, It just... It didn't work out for heels in the 80s. No matter how good you were, the WWF was not a heel promotion. Yeah, was the WCW more heel aligned? Yeah, the WCW was the other way around. Like, if you were a babyface, you wouldn't get a title run because Ric Flair had to have it all the time. But at least with Ric Flair, he might drop it for a week to you if you're lucky. Like, ask Ronnie Garvin. You leave rubbish Ronnie Garvin alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. My number two, if you don't have anything else to add on, perfect. Nah, because... nah. I think it's so well discussed. Like, he was incredible. He could have been a world champion. had all the tools to do so. Just wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same sort of thing here for my number two. Somebody who I think was a maybe a one-time ECW WWE champion and a uh, two-time world heavyweight champion WWE, uh, Mark Henry. Yeah, that's a really good pick. I mean, the closest we got was what, the Salmon Jacket? Yeah, that was as close as we got to it, and they could have pulled the trigger on it then. That I didn't even think about Mark Henry either. I told you I wrote 20 names down in five minutes. If I spent 10 minutes, I could have had 30 people written down. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, yeah, to me, Mark Henry, one of those guys, um, especially, like, so long tenured uh kane like only got one reign and it was a short reign during the 90s yeah kane had one day like if you put him on this list i probably wouldn't argue with you because you could say that was not a title reign (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah mark henry won world heavyweight championship reign 92 days uh ecw wwe champion once for uh, 70 days. Yeah, so 
what's that? 70 and 100 and whatever. 70 and 90, 160 days roughly as a world champion for this promotion that he spent 25, 30 years for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, just poor timing all around with Mark Henry, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think he should have at least had a run looking back at um, the the uh, era here. So after Jericho and then Triple H goes to Hogan, to Taker, to Rock, to Brock, to Big Show. Like yeah. you couldn't have told me, like Angle held it for 100 days there and then Brock Lesnar, you couldn't tell me that you could have gone from Angle to to Brock to maybe Mark Henry back to Brock. Yeah. Like there, there could have been times in there where he could have held it, but it just, yeah, never worked out for him. Um, yeah. Your number two? Uh, my number two is uh, from a similar cloth as Mr. Perfect. It is Ravishing Rick Rude. Incredible in-ring performer, incredible promo, incredible physique. Just maybe a bit short, maybe just not quite big enough. And... He's a really good heel in a time where heels don't get titles. He uh, challenged the Ultimate Warrior at SummerSlam 1990 for the WWE Championship in a steel cage match, but that just wasn't going to happen for him. They had chances where they could have done it. He went over to WCW, became WCW champion for a little bit in 92. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, good number two. Somebody I didn't think of because I associate him more with the um the IC title level, at least within WWE in my mind. Yeah. Uh, should we get to the number ones? Let's do it. Okay. Um, for myself, shouldn't be a surprise for anyone who's a long time listener. Um, somebody who I think had had all the potential in the world going forward and now that room was clear at the top they would have gotten it it's just a tragic accident and it never occurred and that being Owen Hart yeah I think he would have got there maybe if it, it, he either would have just stopped wrestling altogether like, according to that dark side of the ring, it seemed like he was thinking about retiring soon anyway. Either he would have stopped wrestling soon or he would have eventually got there. So when did... Owen dies mid-99? Yeah. And when's Kurt enter WWF? Survivor Series. So we're talking November. Oh... I think, yeah, and this is all yeah. hypothetical. Like if um, if everything went as it should have that night, and Owen lived, and his contract wasn't up, because that's the whole reason he didn't leave with um, 
Jim and Bulldog and Brett was because his contract had just been renewed and he didn't want to uh, lose his job because he just brought his family home. Yeah. Um, so I think if he had saved until, uh, stayed until November, December, started next year at the Rumble, you have someone like Kurt in who's um, at that time a lot more of a serious grappler. That'd be a perfect program for Owen. But also a goofy character, a serious gap grappler, but a goofy character that would have been perfect for Owen Hart to have fun with. Like yeah. a baby, a baby face Owen feuding with that like sarcastic, like condescending Kurt Angle heel would have been fun. A babyface Kurt with a heel Owen would have been fun. You could have done an America versus Canada thing. So many things you could have done with it. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, it's just, yeah, just a shame that it uh, it never pa- uh, panned out. Um, what about yourself? Where do you go for your number one? Yeah, you sort of uh, threw my number one in your honourable mentions, but I believe this man, if it wasn't for him, WrestleMania might not have been as successful as it was to begin with. My number one is Rowdy Roddy Piper. If Hulk Hogan wouldn't have gotten over as hot as he got over. Like, he wouldn't have gotten so over on MTV and during all that stuff if it wasn't for Roddy Piper insulting the fans and all that sort of stuff. You know, smashing Cindy Lauper and her manager. Like, this dude was the most detestable heel. Like, perhaps WrestleMania should have, like... Maybe WrestleMania 1, you keep that main event as it is. But maybe WrestleMania 2, some point in between, you have Roddy Piper cheat Hogan out of the title and then you have Hogan beat Roddy Piper for the title in a steel cage match at WrestleMania 2 instead of Hulk Hogan having a feud with King Kong Bundy. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds better. Yeah. Instead of uh, Roddy Piper having a boxing match against Mr. T, I I get you got to put Mr. T on there. But how about in the build-up to the cage match, Hulk Hogan trying to get his title back from Roddy Piper? You have Mr. T and Hulk Hogan training together. You have Mr. T in Hogan's corner. Perhaps Cowboy Bob tries to get involved. So you have Mr. T throw out... Cowboy Bob, this is just all on the fly, but yeah. Um, could have easily happened. Probably, yeah, one of the most over people, like, on a worldwide, global level that never got the chance with the main title. Yeah, sad to like, think about. He is a pop culture phenomenon. My... My parents' dog is kind of named after him. Because, yeah, I suggested, hey, name your dog Piper. Oh, that's a good idea. 
but it's not doggy enough. We'll name it Pippa. Close enough. Yeah. Yeah, this is a guy that's like, yeah, just transcended wrestling. Like, just into pop culture. Like, it's always sunny. It's Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, if you've seen that, is fantastic in that. The whole they live thing. Like, yeah, he's comedy stuff. Like, Roddy Piper is an absolute icon. And it's crazy that someone with such a broad appeal never got that title run, not even for a couple of months. Yeah, very strange to think about. Um, yeah, two completely different uh, number ones again. Yeah. But I, think, um, I think we're on a, a bit of more of a consensus here with the uh, the overall amount of people we chose from similar backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. Like, I thought about Owen at one. Thought about it. Honestly, any of my top nine, I could have put it number one from Mr. Kennedy up. Goldberg, not so much. <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't don't disagree with you. Uh, um, this has been fun as always. Uh, should we let the humans know where they can find you? Yes, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Fruities Alex. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Wrestle Style with an AUS. Search us up on Facebook, Wrestling Style, and you can find Chris at. I'm Chris Funder as well. You can go back, listen to the entire Wrestling All-Star archive for free on uh, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Weekly Wrestling Rap Wednesday on YouTube, or using the RSS feed found the show notes below for your podcast of choice, including Apple. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time. I was about to try to do a Ruddy Piper impression. I can't do it. <laughs> sure you can. No, no, can't do it at all. <laughs> well, then do a... a... Owen. I am not a nugget. I am a black heart. I am a soul survivor. I am not a nugget. Woo! <laughs> no, that's just an impression of the guy that was doing impressions of Owen for DX. Oh, jeez. And this.